up, nerds? ESPN Plus, the ESPN app. But this was a lost season for the Jets. I did not see a single thing this year that makes you excited to build the pond. You, you hired somebody that doesn't even understand what an SC Trojan is all about. Like, stop! Hi, I'm Brian Barnhart, voice of the Fighting Illini, and this is your home for Fighting Illini Sports. 98.9 The Game. And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. What are we doing? I'm going to drop the plans for this. I'm going to... And Eric Fry. Arg. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. What is up, everyone? Welcome in to the starting lineup podcast edition exclusivity. That's right, exclusive uh, on the pod today. And we got lots of stuff to talk about. We got to recap all the games from yesterday. We got MLB from yesterday. It was opening day. Who fared well? Who didn't fare so well? Uh, NBA action from last night. And look ahead to the weekend. NHL for tonight. And looking forward to the weekend. Got some Final Four talk, both men and girls side of things. Illinois basketball as well. Plus, whatever we don't get to in Sports Center, we will get along to you there. So let's just uh, go ahead. Let's not waste too much time and let's just get things going here. We'll start with looking at high school sports from last night. Look ahead to our schedule for the weekend, starting in baseball action from yesterday. St. Anthony got the win over Altamont 11 9. South Central, they defeated Brownstown St. Elmo 8 0. It was County Harriet Beecher City getting the win over Mulberry Grove 18 2. North Clay got the win over Carmine 5-4. Little Illini Conference, Newton got the win over Olney 9-3. Neoga, they got a win against Casey 4-3. Marshall with a big win over North Central 7-5. Robinson defeated Oblong Pal Hut 11-1. Lawrenceville, they got the win over Paris 9-6. Central Illinois Conference action, it was Sullivan over Tuscola 11-3. Warrensburg-Latham defeated Central A&M 11-0. Care St. Teresa with a close win over Meridian 2-1. South Central Conference action. Hillsboro defeated Pena 16-4. Carlinville got the win over Williamsville 6-4. And then on the Lincoln Prairie, it was Tri-City over Argenta 6-5. And then two blowouts as it was Oakwood over Heritage 18-0. And Mount Pulaski defeated Decatur LSA 27-1. 27-1. That right there is uh, a definitive win, we will say, uh, Right there. Uh, now moving on to high school softball from yesterday. Olney got the win over Altamont 12 to nothing. Good win there for Olney. Flora got the win over St. Anthony 7 to 2. It was Dietrich over Martinsville 5 to 1. South Central defeated Oakaw Valley 14 to 2. Little Illini Conference action. Robinson with a win over Oblong 11 to 9. Salt Fork defeated Paris 5 to nothing. Effingham got the win over Marshall 7 to 5. It was Mount Zion over Williamsville 7 to 6. Bloomington, they defeated Muhammad Seymour 6 to 4. Mount Vernon got the 
the win over Mattoon, 3-2. Central Illinois Conference action, Sullivan, they defeated Tuscola, 7-5. Shelbyville got the win over Clinton, 19-9. Charleston all over Cumberland, 16-5. Arthur Lumstown and Hammond defeated Oakwood, 9-8. Blue Ridge over Danville Schlerman, 6-1. And in South Central action, Totopolis got the win over Vandalia, 10-2. Pena defeated Hillsborough 16-1. Troy Triad defeated Staunton 11-7. It was Piasaw over Father McGivney 6-1. And Breeze Modern Day, the ranked Breeze Modern Day, I believe, defeated Greenville 11-1. Action going on for today as they're going to try and get some games in, hopefully before the weather. Again, these are all weather permitting here going on Today, we will start in baseball as an NTC action. It'll be Altamont at Flora, Dietrich at Sisney, South Central will head to Ramsey. Windsor Stustros will host Arthur Lumtown with Hammond. Little Lanai action, and it'll be Cumberland traveling to Newton. Olney will be at the Vincennes Tournament. Paris will be at Danville Schlarman. Villa Grove will travel to Casey Westfield. Lincoln Prairie action, Argenta is at Tribe Valley. In Apollo Conference action, Moreau Forsyth will be at Taylorville. Central Illinois, it will be Warrensburg Latham hosting Riverton, and Clinton will host Mount Pulaski. South Central Conference action, Auburn is at Hillsborough and Pena, they travel to Edinburgh. High school softball action at four tonight. In NTC action, Altamont is at Flora. St. Anthony is at the Rantoul Tournament. Little Illini action, Marshall is at Paris. In Apollo Conference action, it will be Cumberland traveling to Effingham. Mount Zion will head to Decatur MacArthur. Central Illinois Conference action, Tuscola is at Fisher. Sullivan is at Arcola. It will also be Central NM hosting Pena. Lincoln Prairie action, Georgetown is at Arthur Lumpton Atwood Hammond. Villa Grove will host Bradley Burbanos. Uh, Oka Valley will host Tri-City. Tolona Unity will be at Argenta. Lexington will be at Blue Ridge. South Central Action. Lebanon is at Gillespie. Litchfield at Greenville. And North Mac will be at Carrollton. That's all the sports going on today. All that's scheduled for today. Again, we will keep our eyes on the weather to kind of see what we're looking at for the weather. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. I hate sneezing on air, but hey, that's sometimes that happens. Um, looking ahead to the schedule for the weekend. Again, weather permitting uh, for Saturday, high school baseball. St. Joe Ogden is going to be at Totopolis. NTC Conference Action, Salt Fork at St. Anthony. It'll be Alden, Hebrew, Martinsville at Brownstown, St. Elmo in a round robin tournament action. Uh, County Hair Beach City at Windsor Stustros. North Clay will be at Freeburg for round robin. Pinckneyville will be at South Central. Little Lanai, Marshall, and Vienna are going to be at Edwards County. Only will still be at that Vincennes tournament. Paris will head to Arcola. Lincoln Prairie, Vandalia will be at Cumberland. Bismarck Henning is going to be at Tri-County. Oakwood at Okaw Valley. Decatur LSA at Leroy. Arthur Lumetown and Hammond at Champaign Centennial and Tolona Unity. So a triangle meet there. Uh, in the Apollo Conference, Afghan will head to Mount Zion on Saturday. Muhammad Seymour at Lincoln. Charleston and Mattoon. The Coles County Clash. Taylorville at Springfield Lamphere. Central Illinois Conference Action. Prairie Central at Tuscola. Hillsborough and Greenville at Shelbyville. Warrensburg Latham will be at Springfield at Calvary. Decatur St. Teresa at Hayworth. New Berlin will be at Central A&M. South Central Action. Piasaw will be at Root Catholic. Greenfield will take on Carlinville. Springfield Sacred Heart Griffin will be at Litchfield. High School Softball Action starting on Saturday or going on Saturday. Altima and Oblong will be at Robinson for a triangular. St. Anthony will still be at that Rantoul Tournament. It will be St. Elmo Brownstown and Alden Hebrun at uh, Martinsville in a triangular. 
Carlisle and Odin will be at South Central for round-robin action. Little Illini Conference softball and it will be Cumberland heading to Casey Westfield. Newton will be at the Vandalia Tournament, and Breeze Modern Day will head to Olney. Apollo Conference action. Mount Zion will be at FEM. Mattoon at Charleston. Central Illinois Conference action. Central A&M at Leroy Lincoln Prairie. It will be Blue Ridge at Champaign Centennial. And South Central Conference action. Topples will be at the Vandalia Tournament. Pawnee is at Staunton. Piasaw at Jerseyville. Greenfield at Carlinville. Greenville at Breeze Central. And then boys and girls track for tomorrow. St. Anthony, Effingham, Altamont, Cumberland, Newton are all going to be at the Topless Invitational. Again, this is all weather permitting. Weather permitting. Big, big key there uh, with the storms rolling through today. So hopefully we'll be able to get those games in tomorrow as well. All right, so that kind of does it for our look at the local sports. So let's go ahead and move on to opening day yesterday. Opening day was yesterday, so let's get you recapped on what happened yesterday. We will start with the game you heard on 99 of the game, and that would be the St. Louis Cardinals as they fell on opening day to the Toronto Blue Jays by a final of 10-9 to as it was a close game throughout. Toronto got up to a 3 to nothing lead in the top of the first as uh, – then St. Louis got one run back in the bottom of the first, made it three to one. Toronto added one more, made it four to one. But St. Louis kept battling. They got two in the third, which again made it four to three. Toronto responded with a run in the top of the fourth. That made it five to three. But St. Louis would come back with two in the bottom of the fourth to tie it, things up at five. And at that point in the fourth inning, you're like, hey, this is a brand new ball game tied here at five. St. Louis would take the lead in the bottom of the sixth. They'd score one. That'd make it six to five. Uh, Toronto would respond back with a run in the top of the seventh. And St. Louis would get a run in the bottom of the seventh, and then both teams would get two runs in the eighth. So St. Louis was uh, ahead by one run entering the top of the ninth, and then uh, it fell apart there for the bullpen as Helsley gave up uh, two runs on two hits and one walk. As uh, you know, Arenado had a, a single in the first to get an RBI going, and uh, Tyler O'Neill homered to center, scored Wilson Contreras, and you know maybe maybe this year is my Tyler O'Neill pick for. For you know, being at uh, uh, the All Star, we'll have to have to wait and see on that. Uh, Brendan Donovan also homered to right center. That was a two-run shot. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt got involved with an RBI single. Uh, Jordan Walker grounded into a fielder's choice, but ended up scoring um, Contreras. And then Arenado hit a ground rule double that Goldschmidt scored, as well as Newt Bar scored on. But unfortunately, it was uh, George Springer reaching on an infield single to the shortstop that Merrifield scored on in the top of the ninth. And then Vlad Guerrero Jr. hit a sacrifice fly to center, and that would be the 10-9 final there. So St. Louis takes the loss in their opening game, but... Probably one you should have won. Your bullpen kind of let you down a little bit as uh, the final three innings. You know, you gave up uh, five runs in the final three innings there. So uh, not a not a great win for or, or, or a, a great game for the Cardinals. But they'll try and rebound and be back in action tomorrow at 12:20, taking on the Blue Jays. And that game will be heard over on WCRA tomorrow. WCRA tomorrow for St. Louis Cardinals, and then the series wraps up on Sunday again at 12:20. Is broadcast start time first pitch scheduled 
for about 105 or so. All right, let's take a look at the North Siders, the Cubs. They took on the Brewers and Corbin Burns, and it was Chicago getting the best of Corbin Burns. They got the 4 nothing victory. All four runs came in the third inning, and then the Cubs bullpen was able to hang on and get the win. Dansby Swanson had his first hub, and it was an RBI single that scored two in the third. Trey Mancini also had an RBI single in which Swanson scored, and then it was Gomes grounded into a fielder's choice that Hap scored on as well, and that was all four of the runs. But Marcus Stroman, six innings, three hits, did have three walks, but eight Ks, you'll take it. He outdueled Corbin Burns, who gave up those four hits, four runs, three walks, and three Ks. Not a good start for Mr. Burns there, who's uh, already unhappy in uh, – you know, in, in in Milwaukee, as we know. So uh, probably wanted to come out and have a good game and uh, did not happen for him yesterday. But again, they'll turn around and they'll be doing two more, one on Saturday, one on Sunday as well before they wrap up the series. But the Cubs, hey, for the moment at the top of the standings, I will take it. Other action going on as well as the Braves got the 7-2 win over the Nationals as uh Patrick Corbin gave up runs. No home runs, though, like I thought, but he did give up runs as Atlanta scored three in the top of the second and then three more in the ninth to kind of seal that one there. Uh, no home runs at all, so kind of bummed out on that one, but it's okay. Uh, we, we soldier on. The Yankees got the 5 nothing win as uh Anthony uh, Velope heard the Bleacher Creatures chant his name during his first roll call, and uh, he responded as well as Aaron Judge. His first at-bat, he's going to go deep because that's what Aaron Judge does. Aaron Judge already with a home rush, so uh, he is on pace for 162 home runs this year. Get ready for that. Garrett Cole, six innings, three hits, two walks, and 11 Ks. No runs, though, as the Giants could only muster four hits in the entire game. So New York getting their season off on the right foot. And, hey, how about the Baltimore Orioles? How about that? They're uh, no longer rookie catcher, but their catcher uh, of uh, – uh, Rushman uh, had five for five. How about that? With a homer and four RBIs in the Orioles' 10 to nine win over the Red Sox. So uh, good day there for uh, Baltimore as they uh, they had to. You know, it got scary there. They gave up five runs in the final two innings. Uh, Boston tried to make a game out of it, but it just wasn't meant to be. As Gibson gets the win, goes five innings, gave up four earned, three Ks. It was Corey Kluber taking the loss as. In three and a third, gave up five runs, four Ks, but four walks as well. A lot of walks going on. Uh, I also forgot to mention in that Cubs-Brewers game that Marcus Stroman became the first pitcher to violate the pitch clock uh, in MLB regular season history. So he'll always have that there by his uh, by his name. McClanahan was sharp for the Rays as they blanked the Tigers 4-1 to one, uh, as McClanahan had six innings, uh, no runs, six Ks. Did give up one walk though, but uh, other than that, four hits. That's a that's a good day. As and you know, anyone would take that. Siri and Franco both homered for the Rays in their four nothing win over the Tigers. It was the Rangers eleven to seven over the Phillies. Um, Degrom though struggled early on, and he gets the no decision in it. Uh, three and two thirds, six hits, five earned. Did have seven Ks in three and two thirds, but. It's a lot. Uh, luckily for him, Aaron Nola uh, goes three and two-thirds. Gave it four hits, five runs, four Ks as well. As the ball was just flying out of Texas Stadium uh, for the Rangers. They had uh, two homers 
there, and uh, the Phillies had a homer from Baum as well. So uh, 11-7, Rangers get the win over the Phillies as Phillies try to recapture that magic they had last year. Pablo Lopez and the Twins blanked the Royals 2-0 on opening day. It was the Mets getting the 5-3 win as it was Nemo's two-run double that got the win. Max Scherzer picks up the win there for the Metropolitans. Uh, They win 5-3. The Pirates beat the Reds 5-4 as uh, Pirates, how about that? I, I... can't believe it, but the Pirates are on top of the Central for a day. Uh, <laughs> as uh, the White Sox got the win over the Astros, 3-2. to two, So the Astros' defense of their World Series starts off with a loss. Rockies got the win over the Padres. C.J. Crone homered twice and drove in five runs in the 7-2 victory over the Padres. So the Padres starting off with a loss. Shohei Otani struck out 10 as he was in top form, but the Athletics beat the Angels. Yes, the Athletics, the team that a lot of people say may be one of the worst in baseball, and they still got the win over the Angels, even though Shohei Otani, six innings, no runs, two hits, 10 Ks, but couldn't get any run support at all, as the A's could only manage five hits of their own, and only one run as they lost to the Athletics 2-1. Two, two, Dodgers beat the Diamondbacks 8-2, and it was the Mariners 3-0 over the Guardians. That was yesterday's action. Today, got not quite as many games. It'll be the Mets taking on the Marlins, White Sox, and Astros. Diamond Mariners, all these series will continue. See if there's any good uh, pitching matchups looking out for uh, the weekend. Uh, Lance Lynn will be on the mound tonight against Javier for the Astros. Um... Robbie Ray, not not a lot today. This weekend, though, let's see when we have uh, some more games going on, what we're looking at pitching-wise. Uh, Gossman and Flaherty, that's a good one um, there in St. Louis. Um, Giolito will be on the mound for the White Sox. Uh, Justin Steele and Brandon Woodruff in the Cubs Brewers series. Zach Wheeler and Evaldi for the Phillies and the Rangers. Alex Cobb takes the mound against Schmidt for the Giants-Yankees. Chris Sale is going to try and not get injured as he takes on Baltimore. Uh, Zach Eflin uh, takes on uh, the Tigers. Uh, Sonny Gray takes on the Royals. Um, Yes, Ridge Hill still pitching. He's on the Pirates, so he tries to take on and defeat the Reds. Michael Waka, former Cardinal, will be making his first start out in San Diego. They take on the Rockies. Madison Bumgarner starts against Clayton Kershaw. That's Diamondbacks and Dodgers there as well. Pitching matchups for Sunday as I wait for my computer to load. Come on, I know you can do it. There we go. Uh, Jordan Montgomery takes on Chris Bassett in that St. Louis Toronto. Um, Mike Clevenger makes his White Sox debut, taking on the Astros. Jameson Tyon makes his Cubs debut, taking on Eric Lauer for the Brewers. Former Cubs Zach Davies takes on Noah Syndergaard. That's that Arizona Dodgers series. Yeah, that's about it. Not a lot of great. We had a lot of great pitching matchups yesterday, so not a whole lot of pitching matchups going on this weekend. So, alrighty, I think that just about does it for baseball. Now we're gonna move along. I'm gonna step away for just a second. When we come back, we'll talk NBA action coming up in just a moment. 
Welcome back into the starting lineup. Let's take a break just there for a moment, and we will get back into your sports for you here on this Friday. We're going to talk some NBA action from last night as it was a trouncing by the Celtics. They beat the Bucks 140 to 99. 140. That is absurd. Jason Tatum with 40 points there as Giannis had 24, but it seems like no one else showed up for the Bucks as they got absolutely destroyed. And the Pelicans got a big win over the Nuggets, 107-88. to uh, Big night there for Brandon Ingram for the Pelicans. He had 31 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists for the triple-double. Action going on today as the Chicago Bulls will be back in action. They take on the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Thunder and the Pacers go at it. Raptors head to Philadelphia, take on the 76ers. Magic and the Wizards, Jazz Celtics, Hawks Nets, Knicks Cavs, uh, Pistons Rockets in a battle of who's going to get the number one pick. Uh, Clippers and the Grizzlies, two teams fighting for playoff positioning. Lakers Timberwolves, that's a big game for playoff positioning as well. Warriors will be at home, so that should be a win, especially since they're taking on the Spurs. The Kings, who are playoff bound, take on the Trailblazers and the Nuggets and the Suns. Go at it as well tonight. Uh, action for the weekend. Let's see if there's any good games going on this weekend in the association. Mavericks Heat and Clippers Pelicans tomorrow night. And then on Sunday, let's see, uh, Jazz Nets. Grizzlies head to Chicago, take on the Bulls. Uh, Mavericks Hawks. Wizards Knicks. Lakers Take on the Rockets. That's not a good game. But Suns Thunder, that's decent. 76ers Bucks, that's a good one. And Warriors on the road to take on the Nuggets as well. So let's take a look at those standings in the NBA as we get closer and closer to the end of the year. As the Bucks have a two-game lead on the Celtics for that number one seed overall. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, Boston is second. Again, two games back, but just destroyed Milwaukee. Philly is third. They have clinched a playoff spot, and then the Cavs are fourth right now. Then it's the Knicks in fifth and the Nets in sixth. All those teams will be avoiding playing games. The playing games right now, the Heat are in seventh. The Hawks are in eighth. The Raptors are ninth, and the Bulls are in tenth. Two games up on the Wizards. Pacers are another two games back of that. So Pacers have a long way to go to try and make the playoffs. They didn't get some good news either, and I'll tell you about that coming up in just a little bit. On the western side of things, it's the Nuggets, the one seed. They got a three-game advantage over the Grizzlies. And then the Kings in that third spot. They're up five games on the Suns, who are in fourth. Just a half game behind the Suns are the Clippers in fifth, and the Warriors a game behind the Clippers in sixth place. Now, talking play-in, it is the Pelicans, one game behind the Warriors. The Timberwolves also one game behind the Warriors. Lakers, a game and a half behind the Warriors. They're in ninth place. And then the Thunder are a half game behind the Lakers. Right now, Mavericks are on the outside looking in by a game. And the Jazz on the outside looking in as well by two and a half games. So, definitely... Uh, <laughs> Time to time to get going if you are one of those teams on the outside looking in. Got to turn it around because, for example, if you're Dallas, you look at their schedule of what they have coming up and how many games. I think we're talking, what, five games? Two of them are this weekend. By April 9th, that is their final scheduled game. So we're talking, you know, less than a week 
a week from Sunday is the end of the NBA season. So if you're on the outside looking in, you got to start making some moves. Otherwise, you are not going to make it. So we'll see if the teams can do that as we move right along here. Speaking of playoffs and coming down to the end of the season, let's talk some NHL hockey from last night. Blues got the big win over the Blackhawks, 5-3. It was the Bruins. They needed overtime to do it, but they beat the Blue Jackets 2-1. They're now 58-12-5 are the Bruins. Uh, they clinched the President's Trophy with that win over the Blue Jackets. Panthers with the 5-2 win over the Canadiens. Devils defeated the Rangers 2-1. Senators got the win over the Flyers 5-4. Penguins over the Predators 2-0. It was Lightning over the Capitals 5-1. Red Wings got the win over the Hurricanes 3-2. Oilers over the Kings 2-0. The Kraken 4-1 over the Ducks. And the Shark beat the Golden Knights 4-3 in overtime. So that's a look at your NHL action from last night. Take a look at the standings for the NHL teams that are still fighting and how many they're out. We now have five teams that have clinched in the Eastern Conference. This is the Tampa Bay Lightnings have 94 points. They're in right now. So are the Islanders at 87 points and the Penguins with 84 points. The Panthers are a game back with eight, or a point back. 83 points. Senators 79 points as well. On the western side, we have one team that has finally clinched. The Knights have clinched a playoff spot. Also, the Wild Stars, Avalanche, Oilers, and Kings all in good shape. The Kraken, first wild card, my Kraken, uh, they are up five games on the Jets, and it's two games, two points back are the Flames, uh, three points back are the Preds, and then the Blues are nine points back. So, a lot of ground to make up if you're the Blues, and again, talking about the St. Louis Blues, not a whole lot of games left. You're starting to starting to run out of time if you're St. Louis. So uh, more than the NBA, I will say that, uh, as they have seven games left. You're nine points back with seven games left. That's not a whole lot of uh, points available. So we'll have to see if the Blues can turn it around. All right, speaking of turning around, someone else is going to have to turn things around is Illinois basketball. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk some Illinois basketball here in just a moment. Welcome back here as Illinois basketball. We already know, you know, we talked about Jalen Epps leaving the team and Coleman Hawkins entering the draft. Epps is entering the transfer portal. Well, on Thursday, it was Brandon Lieb's turn as he took to Instagram to announce that he is entering his name into the transfer portal uh, as Lieb will no longer be the program with the program. He said on Twitter, next chapter in his uh, little blurb he put on his social media page just said uh well said next chapter and then it said thank you illinois for everything these past three years i have made memories with my teammates that will last a lifetime i'm grateful to coach underwood and the entire staff for all the valuable lessons i have learned here thank you to my family for always supporting me through this process with this being considered, after careful consideration, I've decided to enter my name into the transfer portal. I am excited to get to work and start these next steps in my career. So there you go. Uh, another everyday guy, kind of Brandon Lieb, getting 
leaving. And another Illini basketball player walking out and and taking their talents elsewhere. And again, you know, I, I see the Illinois, you know, is talking to a, a bunch of people in the transfer portal, and that's fine, but it, it didn't work. Like it, it, it hasn't worked for the Illini. Like, this year, as, I, as and maybe it was just a bad year. We'll just say, hey, last year was a bad year. But there, to me, it starts at the top. And I, Travis isn't here to argue, so I'm, I'm not going to make the argument. The, the argument that I would make and that I have said and will continue to say, and tra- since Travis isn't here, I can say now, is I don't think Coach Underwood's the guy. He's just not the guy. Like I said, you take, you know, Co- when, when, when he lost Kofi and, and Io, and yes, they are extremely once-in-a-generation players. I get that. But he hasn't been able to replace them or come close to replacing them or anything like that. I, I just, I, I don't understand why everyone is so... Uh, enamored with Coach Underwood and and feeling that he is this this great coach he he really isn't he's two twenty three and one oh six but in the tournament he's four and seven he's four and seven in the tournament guys like what are we doing you know the COVID year Illinois was twenty one and ten they were probably going to you know definitely be at least I would I would say comfortably a top three seed. And probably win the Big 12 or Big 10 that year. Then, obviously, 2020, 2021, 24 and 7, conference tournament champs made the NCAA tournament and lost. And then, 21 22 season, 23 and 10, regular season Big 10 champs and lost. Like, I don't. I, I don't understand. Like, this year, preseason, we were ranked 23rd. We got as high as 16th, and we were out of the rankings. 20 and 13 is where we finished last year. That, to me, that just is not good enough. And you look at it, you know, obviously, yes, Kofi and Io are, you know, absolutely incredible, but you have to at some point start replacing them, right? And Coach Underwood, you know, says that he's upbeat and positive about what Illinois accomplished last season, uh, saying that, you know, throughout the season, regardless of how the team's success waned from night to night, the tenor and the tone was the same. And, you know, he says, well, we were still in the the Big Ten hunt for the final eight days. Well, yes. And another 21 season, great. And a third straight tournament appearance, yes. That's not good enough. I'm sorry. It's not. Not anymore. We want more from this Illini team. I don't want to be happy just being at the dance. I want to be able to dance a little bit too. Why are we why are we as a fan base okay with we made it. We're here. We got to a dance. Well, great. Then sit on the sidelines and let everyone else have fun dancing while we stand over there nervous and not, you know, to use a dance analogy here. We're, we're the guy who doesn't know how to talk to girls, and we're just going to sit on the sidelines and let everyone else dance and just go, oh, I wish we could be them. And you don't wish it. You have to make changes. You have to do the work. And Coach Underwood says that his team was vastly inconsistent. You're, you're right about that. You're exactly right about that. Um, 
He also said it was almost an expectation after Illinois had to rebuild its roster and did so by adding six freshmen before or during the season. Um, he said, we weren't, we were not a good shooting team. We weren't very good in pick and rolls. We had a little problem trying to evaluate uh, consistently. What I mean by that is making extra passes to make teammates better. Illinois shooting woes, obviously, they shot 30.8% from three-point range all season making them one of the least efficient teams in the country. And they just kept shooting. And Underwood maintained all season that he had good shooters at his disposal. True in theory, but not in practice. That is exactly right. You can have the best shooters on a piece of paper. But guess what? If it doesn't you know, make a difference once the game starts, I'm sorry. you got to find something else. you got to. The third worst three-point shooting season in program history. <coughs> like... It didn't. They didn't move the ball well. They were 280th nationally in assists, assists this year. This, to me, goes to the coach. You have to make adjustments. You have to make adjustments. And they're not. They are not. This last season, Illinois' offensive issues were... You know, adjusted offensive efficiency numbers were their worst since John Grosh's last year as coach. And we keep saying that was the, the darkest period of Illinois basketball. We're doing the same thing. We're doing the same thing. Why are we not saying the same thing? Why are we not holding Coach Underwood to that standard as well? I am, but I seem to be the only one. Like, I don't understand why everyone else is like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. No, we need to turn it around. Coach Underwood said the shots that RJ made as a freshman, a lot of them were what we call shakes, lifting out of the corner on a pick and roll because somebody had to support on Trent, and then they had to tag on Kofi. We didn't get a lot of that. We were very ineffective in terms of pick and rolling basketball this year. Therefore, they didn't get those shots. It manifested itself in a lot of ways. Yes, and the reason why... You don't have those players. You didn't have someone like a Kofi Coburn who was getting a lot of attention in the paint. You didn't have someone like a Trent Frazier who was out there doing the little things. This was not a good team. You can have the best individuals in the world, but if they don't buy into the team concept, they are not a good team. Period. End of sentence. You have to have the players buying in to what you're selling. And right now, Coach Underwood is a used car salesman that no one is listening to. And I don't know how you fix that. You know, they they have some incoming freshmen, um, uh, uh, Manny Hansberry and Draw Gibbs Lawhorn. They're the only current newcomers coming in. But of course, Illinois is going to be active in the transfer portal. <sighs> you know, now they're back in the gym, and and Coach Underwood said, "What's going to turn around? A lot of time in the gym. Good shooters become great shooters." because they get their rear ends in the gym and practice them. There's no substitute for the confidence that comes from practice. We've got to do some other things better as well, but we've got a group that likes to work. You mean the people who are still there, Coach, and and haven't said they're leaving the team? Uh, this, I'm sorry. I am not going to sit here and play the game of, well, you just got to give it time. This is a good good team this is this was a talented team this year that just didn't work out at some point if you are a fan of a team you have to say that's not good enough it's not good enough people and I don't know what we have to do to wake people up about this but everyone just seems to think oh we're just going to turn around next year what do we want to be 
do we want to be a better team or do we want to be just ho-hum, middle-of-the-pack Big Ten team who makes it to March? Me, I want to actually keep playing. I would love for Illinois to be playing tomorrow night. But it's not going to happen. It hasn't happened for way too long. When you look at the teams that are in this year's Final Four, and we'll talk about that uh, coming up here in just just a second because it's, it is this weekend. UConn, Miami, San Diego State, and FAU. Okay, Guess what, guys? Three of those four teams are making their first Final Four appearance. These are not powerhouses that we're saying, oh, you know, it's it's Kentucky and it's North Carolina and it's Duke and it's UConn. No, these are not powerhouse programs, but they can figure it out. They know how to recruit and they know how to get people to come to the transfer portal and play and buy into what they're doing. And I think it's the coaching that it starts with. And if you're saying, no, Eric, it's not. You gotta turn you gotta you gotta give Coach Underwood a chance. Buddy, I've given him a chance. I I have. But we're through year six. This is the longest he's been a head coach anywhere. He had three years at Stephen F. Austin, one year at Oklahoma State. This is six years. I I don't know what else you're wanting. I want a program that can win and should win. And if I'm asking too much, then I apologize. Because I thought that's what we were supposed to be doing here. I thought we were supposed to be winning and trying to win, not just a Big Ten regular season, not just a Big Ten tournament, but I thought we were supposed to be trying to win a national championship at some point. Isn't that why we play the games? Don't we play the games to win the championship? I know there's only going to be one team that can win the championship. Yes, but you have to be satisfied with what you get. If FAU loses tomorrow night to San Diego State, if they lose... They're going to hold their heads high because no one expected them to be here, right? They're a Conference USA team. They're not supposed to be here, but they made it because they played good basketball. Why is it why is it so wrong to expect that from a Big Ten team? I don't think it is. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I hope Travis is listening this far into the show uh, uh, whenever he listens to it because I want to get his response on Monday because, again, I don't think I am wrong here. I think it is time for the Illinois fan base to say, Coach Underwood, this is it. This is your last shot. Do something with it. I know it's not going to happen because he signed an extension and he's going to be here for a while until he wants to go. But... This is not this is not good enough, right? Why are we happy being mediocre? Shouldn't we be pushing for more? I think we should. I think we should. You look at our strength of schedule this year, guys, guess what? It was less than last year. It was way less than 2020, 2021. Our strength of schedule this year was a 7.68. Last year was a 9.48. The schedule was easier. And we had less wins. Oh, but we still got to 20. That's four straight years of 20 wins. Great. That and a dollar will get you a Coke. Like to me, the regular season doesn't matter. 
That's not what I'm playing for. And maybe I'm over here playing chess and everyone else is playing checkers. And that's fine. Again, I don't have a problem admitting that. But you sit here and say, ah, 20 wins, 20 wins. Just getting 20 wins is not good enough because guess what? All four of the teams that are in the final four have 28 or more. That's not good enough. 20 wins is not good enough. Fullman had more wins than us. I know people, again, the argument will be, oh, but they play, they don't play in as good of a conference as Illinois does. They don't play as good of competition as Illinois does. Well, maybe you're right. But that doesn't, that's not an excuse. To me, that's not an excuse. That's people using it as an excuse. And it drives me nuts because that's, that's all it is. You're just looking for an excuse at that point. I'm just frustrated because I want more. And I feel a lot of times like I'm the only one in the area who wants more. Like if, if we're not pushing and if we're not holding the people who are supposed to be in charge of, you know, things like this accountable, then what are we doing? Again, what are we doing? Why are we not? We seem to do it with, you know, the football team. We seem to do it everywhere else in any other sport. We hold the people accountable. Why are we not that good? By the way, San Diego State has a tougher strength of schedule than Illinois did. They're still playing. Right? I wasn't planning on going on this bigger rant about this, but the more I'm, I'm sitting here and the more I'm talking, the angrier I'm getting because I expect more. And again, maybe I'm wrong. And you people, you people who are listening know that I don't have a problem making myself look like a fool on this show. I, I, don't, I, I don't have a problem at all with it. Um, in fact, it's part of, part of, I like to say part of my charm, um, is that I do make myself look like a fool. But why are we not holding people more accountable? Why are we not fighting and saying, this isn't good enough. We want to win in March. I'm not happy just being the guy standing on the side of the dance. I want someone to come and ask me out. UConn has a harder strength to schedule too, by the way. And they're still playing in the Final Four. And we're trying to figure out how we're going to replace, you know, at least three people who are leaving our team. Possibly four. That's not including seniors who are, you know, graduating. And who would you want back from this team, right? I, I'm. It's just frustrating because, like I said, I want more, and I feel like a lot of the Illini fan base is just okay with playing the first weekend of March. And I feel like I should have more. I feel like we should get more as a fan base for what we put in for these teams. We shouldn't be happy with just by golly, we're here at the dance. We got our ticket. We made it in. We're here. You know, what's the old saying? Not here for a long time, but I'm here for a good time. Well, 
I guess that's Illinois basketball motto because they're never around for a long time. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. But you can't. You can't. Because the track record shows it. 05 was the last time Illinois advanced past the Sweet 16, or advanced to the Sweet 16, I should say. And I've been accused by Mr. Sparks of not being an Illinois fan. I am. I want them to succeed. That's why I'm so passionate about it. If I didn't care, I'd just be like, ah, whatever. It's just Illinois basketball, whatever. It doesn't matter. But I care. I want them to do good. They keep letting me down. And every time they let me down, I go, why am I putting myself through this? Why am I putting myself through this? Every year, I get my hopes up and you let me down. Every single year, Illinois basketball. It gets tiring. It gets frustrating. I want more. And maybe I have unrealistic expectations. But I think... I think it's okay to want more. I think it's okay to say just making it, being one of 64, is not good enough. I want to be one of eight. I want to be one of 16 at this point. But apparently, Illini Nation is totally fine with being one of 64. And if you are, great. More more power to you. You know, if, if that's what makes you happy, that's fine. And if you are not that passionate about it, and whatever, that's fine. And if you want to use the excuse of, oh, just look at the Big Ten, though. Everyone went down. This Big Ten's not that, you know, Big Ten's not good in March. Yeah, they're not. But again, that's an excuse. Figure out the problem and fix it. Try to fix it. Instead of just going, eh, it's just the way it is. Why? Why does it have to be that way? Why is it okay to just be like, that's just the way it is? Doom, 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 doom. That's not okay. Let's work to fix it. Let's find a solution. And it feels like we're not. It feels like we just keep doing the same thing every year. The definition of insanity. Trying the same thing and expecting a different result. And it never changes. So maybe next year I just won't get my hopes up. Maybe next year, I'll just at the start of the season say, Illinois basketball, bottom of the Big Ten. Because then I won't get my hopes up. And when the tournament comes around, I'll just go, maybe I won't even do a bracket next year because I don't want to pick Illinois. You can look You can look on our group for, for ESPN and the tournament challenge. Guess who was the one guy who didn't pick Illinois to win? Me. Because nothing's changed, people. It doesn't matter what seed we are. 1, 8, 10, 15, doesn't matter. We're losing. Here for a good time, but not for a long time. All right, I I went on a rant there, and I, I apologize. Let's talk about the Final Four, which you can hear over on 989 The Game this weekend. First game will be the 5-seed San Diego State taking on the 9-seed FAU, and then that'll be followed by the 5-seed Miami taking on the 4-seed UConn. I, I want San Diego State, Miami. I would love FAU, UConn, and FAU to win that. Um, I I I would like UConn. Again, I I like to root for the little guys. I I do. 
It's just because it doesn't happen very often. So when it, I, I feel like it's magical when it does happen. And this year's tournament has been the craziest tournament that I can remember in recent time. I mean, the fact that the lowest seed you have still playing is a four seed, that tells you how crazy it's been. So I, I would personally, I would love FAU Miami. I'd love FAU UConn just to take out the, the blue blood that is UConn. But I, I, I feel it's going to be San Diego State, and I, I, I like Miami. I like the U um, to, to get it done. They've been playing some good basketball here. They, they took out Texas. They took out Houston. Yes, I know Houston you know, was dealing with some injuries, but it's the way they won those games, as well as the Indiana game. I'm not going to put that past them. You look at UConn, they beat Arkansas. They beat what I feel was an overrated St. Mary's team. They did look very impressive against Gonzaga. I will give UConn that one. But other than that, none of their games have been that impressive. To me, the most impressive team has been Miami. I'll throw San Diego State in there. Um, although they didn't look great against Creighton, I, I thought they were impressive against Alabama. But I, I think if Virginia doesn't go down to Foreman, Virginia would have beaten San Diego State. I mean, that's my opinion. FAU, I mean, they beat a 16, they, you know, they beat an 8, a 16, a 4, and a 3 to get to where they are. So the magical run is is great, but as far as just looking at who has beaten who to judge your competition, I, I would say UConn and Miami are the two best teams still left. You know, you look at, at Miami, you know, they started out with Drake, which was a lot closer game than I think a lot of people thought it was going to be. Then they blew out Indiana. Then they beat Houston by, you know, 14. Then they beat Texas by 7. I mean, those are impressive wins. Um, but UConn's been even more impressive with all their wins. And it's a shame these two teams are on the same side of the bracket and having to face each other. Because I think a Miami-UConn national championship game would be great. But, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Um I think whoever wins from the Miami-UConn game is going to win the national championship. Those, I think, without a doubt, are the two best teams right now, are Miami and UConn. They're playing the best right now as we sit here on the final day of March. And I think one of those two teams deserve to be the national champion. But the better story is FAU or San Diego State because they are the underdogs. They're the underdogs. And everyone loves pulling for an underdog especially in March. All right, let's look at the women's side as the women's NCAA tournament continues on, and its Final Four is tonight on ESPN. you got the one-seed South Carolina taking on the two-seed Iowa, and the three-seed LSU takes on the one-seed Virginia Tech. Now, I want South Carolina to go undefeated. I want them to win this whole thing. I think they are the best team. Um, they had a couple scares along the way. The UCL game was kind of close. Uh, the Maryland game, Maryland gave them you know, all they could handle, got it within nine points. Um, but to me, just looking at, you know, teams that they faced and, 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 you know, ways they've done it, I, I think right now, Iowa may be a better team. I think UConn's going to win right now. It's UConn favored by 11. I don't think it'll be, I, I, I think it'll be closer than that because, I, I'm going to be very interested to see how they handle Caitlin Clark. I want to see how South Carolina's defense handles Caitlin Clark. To me, that's the matchup. And it's, it's going to be a great matchup, I think. And 
And to me, that this this is another one where I wish these this was for the national championship, the South Carolina Iowa game. LSU Virginia Tech. I, I think Virginia Tech is a better team overall. Are they playing better right now? Mm, I would think so. Um, LSU, the Michigan game, they looked good. Uh, they barely snuck out against Utah, which I know is a 2-3 upset. Um, and then, you know, Miami, they, they beat by 12. Um, Miami was a 9 seed, so I, I don't know how impressive that was. Um, but to me, to me, I think Virginia Tech will win this. And, you know, I think South Carolina-Virginia Tech is is probably what we're going to get in that national championship, and I, th- I think South Carolina will win it. But, again, I would love Iowa to pull off the upset. I'm just happy a Big Ten team is playing in a Final Four, if I'm 100% honest. It's been forever since we had that. So, there you go. All right, that is a look at our uh, NCAA tournament and, and Final Four and stuff like that. And, um, yeah. Got long-winded about the Illini and caused my voice to crack. But I'm so passionate about it, and it annoys me so much when they're so bad. <sighs> All right, let's uh, let's kind of wrap up Sports Center and we'll get on out of here because we've already gone uh, way longer than I thought I was going to. Uh, St. Louis City SC goes for their sixth win in a row when they host Minnesota United at City Park tomorrow night. St. Louis beat Real Salt Lake 4-0 last Saturday. They've won all their matches in their inaugural season. They're in first place in the Western Conference by 15 points, which is five points clear second place Seattle. Um, the Bears are bringing in a new quarterback. The team signed backup Nathan Peterman yesterday. Veterans entering his seventh season in the NFL, and he spent all of last season backing up Justin Fields. The 28-year-old started in one of his three appearances last season. He threw for 139 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. A former Colts legend is making a request for the fans. Former wide receiver Reggie Wayne took to Twitter to ask Colts fan to stop telling him to get the team to get Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. Reggie Wayne treated, quote, I have no way of making your wish come true. I'm still trying to get my kids to listen to me, let alone an organization, end quote. Jackson revealed earlier this week that he requested a trade out of Baltimore at the beginning of the month. Pacers head coach Rick Carlisle is shedding some light on the status of his two best players. According to the Indianapolis Star, Carlisle said that there is a good chance that guard Tyrese Halliburton and center Miles Turner will not play again this season. Halliburton has missed each of Indiana's last two games while the team manages his right ankle injury. Turner has missed three straight games with a sore left knee. Pacers hope to snap their four-game losing streak when they host Oklahoma City tonight. The Mets are starting the season without one of their big free agent additions as Thursday, New York placed veteran right-hander Justin Verlander on the injured list with a low-grade muscle strain near his pitching shoulder. Verlander will continue to throw at moderate intensity and will be reevaluated next week. The injury appeared following Wednesday's bullpen session after his velocity fell in his final start of spring training. The reigning American League Cy Young winner was scheduled to make his Mets debut on Saturday. The Rockies are placing their closer on the injured list. Colorado relief pitcher Daniel Bard told MLB.com that he'll start the season on the IL because of anxiety. Bard added that it's a, quote, hard thing to admit and that he's grateful to the Rockies for being understanding and accepting of a situation. 37-year-old most recently pitched for Team USA in the World Baseball Classic, but struggled with his control in a game against Venezuela. The Knicks are likely to be without a key player for the remainder of the regular season as Julius Randle will be reevaluated in two weeks for a sprained ankle he suffered during Wednesday night's game against Miami Heat. The 28-year-old suffered the injury late in the second quarter. Randle is averaging 25.1 points, 10 rebounds, and 4.1 assists per game and is one of four players who is averaging at least 25-10 and 10 this season. 
Alabama's top freshman will not be returning for another basketball season in Tuscaloosa. Forward Brandon Miller is entering the 2023 NBA draft. Miller is considered to be the top college prospect in the class and is challenging G League night guard Scoot Henderson for who will be taken second overall behind projected number one pick Victor Wambolaya. I know I butchered that, but that's okay. The 20-year-old was at the center of controversy in his only season with the Crimson Tide after his name was mentioned in court testimony involving the capital murder of former Alabama player Darius Miles, who was charged in the fatal shooting of 23-year-old Jameel Harris on January 15th. And finally, North Texas clinched its first NIT championship title in school history with a 68-61 win over UAB at Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. The Mean Green led by 10 points at halftime and fended off a late comeback attempt by the Blazers in the historic victory for the program. Kay Huntsbury scored a team-high 21 points, while Taylor Perry contributed 20 for the Mean Green. UNT finishes the season with a 31-7 record. Jordan Walker paced UAB with 21 points in the losing effort as UAB finishes the year at 29-10. All right, that does it for the starting lineup for the week, for the day, however you want to say it, as uh, that'll get us out of here. And uh, Illinois basketball, passion. Passion and disappointment is what I'll say. So uh, don't forget St. Louis Cardinal baseball Saturday over on WCRA. Final four will be on 98.9 the game. And then Sunday, uh, Cardinals wrap up their series with the Blue Jays as well. We'll be back all week. We will have a short show on Wednesday just for your scheduling purposes on air as the Cardinals and Braves will get started at 1120 on Wednesday. But other than that, it'll be a full week of the starting lineup and we look forward to sharing it with you. Everyone have a great and a safe rest of your weekend, especially with the weather projected for tonight. Make sure you stay safe out there as well. And for updated on any closing cancellations we may get, make sure you go to our website, effinghamradio.com. Peace out. Have a great rest of your weekend.